You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Jesus Tree, Part 9. Enjoy. We've been in a series called The Jesus Tree. What is that all about? We're talking about our family tree. Not our natural family tree, but our supernatural family tree. Okay? See, something happened when you put your faith in Christ. You were reborn into a new family. And it is more powerful than your natural family. It's the family of God. So in this series so far, we've talked about who we are in Christ. We've talked about the nature and the will of our Father. And we've talked about our family history. All right? Let's just briefly touch on each one of those, and then we're going to get into the Holy Spirit today, okay? His role in our family. So who are we in Christ? We know that we're new creations. Because of the body and blood of Jesus, when we put our faith in Him, the old things passed away and all things became new. And right now, you are a new creation. Right? Not, not when you do better. Not when you get ten more things right. Now. You're right in God's sight because of Jesus' perfect obedience, not yours. Okay? Don't hear that? So don't try and get better to come to God. He's not waiting for you to get better. He loves you now. He wants you to know Him now. Just come to Him. Talk to Him. Don't worry about what's right or wrong with you or, or should I be saying this? Should I? Just talk to Him. He understands. He loves you. He knits you together. Right? He loves you so much. So that's who we are in Christ. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Ray, come on up here. Let me see them pants, girl. Oh, she's running. Oh, lost a shoe. This is Cinderella's story right here. I think this must be yours. You're not happy, sorry. Hey, I say this, and I want to say it again to any, anyone who has children. They are not a distraction to us, okay? They're not at all. The kingdom of God belongs to them. We love having them around. I don't mind them running around. I love it. And, you know, we're renting this place right now. We've got one space, and it's, it's not ideal. But, hey, we, we're, we're happy. God's doing great things in our lives. And we, we, I love having all the generations together, you know. And, and it's funny how man has tried to segregate the generations. You know, you got to have seven-year-olds with seven-year-olds and 10-year-olds with 10-year-olds. We don't, we don't live in families like that, do we? No. When you, when you leave uh, high school, you don't work with people the same age, do you? Of course not. Life is not lived with everyone the same age, right? That's man's idea. There used to be a time in America when everyone went to the same school, all ages, in the same room. And I remember reading uh, some stats on what an eighth grader knew back in the 1800s compared to what a college graduate knew today, and they're mind-boggling. A college graduate today can't even begin to compare with what an eighth, grade knew, eighth grader knew back in, and that was in one room. Okay, so man has come up with these ideas that we have to segregate, we have to separate, and no. God's bigger than our differences, whether that be generations or cultures. His love is greater. His love pulls it all together. So that's what we're all about here. We want the generations to experience him. So Corinne, don't ever say you're sorry, young lady. We're thrilled to have Ray hanging out here. And, and I know she may not be able to articulate, but the Spirit of God is ministering to her. I know he is. I know he is. He's, he's strengthening things inside of her. He's ministering to that little person. Hallelujah. So, and then we began talking about uh, the nature and will of our Father right? That he's good all the time in every way. 
right? And we said some crazy things. They're really true, and they're not crazy, but they sound crazy because we've been listening to some crazy stuff. We said that God does not cause, nor does he allow bad things to happen. We just watched a, a movie from 1950 called The Titanic. It's not the recent one. This was the one in 1950. Amazing dialogue in that film. Yeah. Really good. But anyway, then we watched the special features after it. And, and after the Titanic sank, guess who came along? The Christians saying, oh, judgment of God, judgment of God. Oh, what a judgment of God. And then someone said, how could, a, how could a Christian God allow something like this to happen? He didn't allow that to happen. God is not controlling what's going on in the earth. Satan knows this, but many Christians don't. So it's very important to understand, God is not allowing this stuff to happen. We saw, and, and you can go to highwaychurch.us, it's free, okay? Highwaychurch.us, listen to the previous messages in this series. It's free, you can, you can go, hit, click the podcast button, and man, just listen to that thing. And boy, if you've got your Bible with you, that's the way to do it. And just go through those scriptures and study them out and meditate on them. And let the Holy Spirit open your eyes to the goodness of God. So why doesn't God allow these bad things to happen? Because he's established a system in the earth, and he operates according to it. He can't violate his own system, okay? The Bible teaches us that there are things God cannot do, right? Do you remember that? I know this is shocking, and I, I can feel it when I say it in the air. It's like, what did he just say? Can he say that? <laughs> Yeah, that, that, uh, that there are things God can't do. Well, the scriptures say he cannot lie, right? He cannot um, be tempted by evil, and he cannot tempt anyone with evil. He can't do it, never has, never will. Isn't that amazing? Yet there are Christians who think he can and teach that he can. God can't deny himself. He can't act contrary to his own nature. So if we say God is good, then we, we start to see, oh, wait a minute. That, if he was good and he was controlling things, then no bad things would happen in the earth, right? Because a good God who's all-powerful wouldn't allow those things to happen if he could stop them. Just like a good dad wouldn't allow their child to be hurt if he could stop it, right? So he cannot violate his own system. He cannot intervene in certain situations, all right? The Bible actually teaches us that unbelief or wrong believing can limit or hinder what God wants to do in our lives. Okay? So really, we've got we've to engage our hearts with the goodness of God. We've got to realize how good He is, how much He loves us, and we've got to resist darkness in our own lives. It's not going to go away just because you came to church. Satan wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. You've got to know who you are in Christ. And if anything dark comes your way, you've got to say, no, not in my life ever. Get out in the name of Jesus. You have no right here. Satan has nothing in us anymore. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Right? He has nothing in you anymore. You're delivered. You're set free. Then we looked at our family history. And we went back to Genesis, and we saw this system that God established, and it's really simple. God made man in his image, and he put him in the earth to believe and speak his word and will into the earth. That's God's system. He made us to do it. 
He made us, he put us in the earth, and he gave us the responsibility to speak forth his will and his word into the earth. And he's not going to go against that. He established that system. And we learned that that was the role of the prophets in the Old Testament, right? I said something crazy, I think it was last week. I said, for God's will to happen in the earth, someone made in his image, a man or a woman, has to believe it and speak it. See, we remember, remember the, the Neanderthal caveman uh, image of God? We don't know how he works. We don't know what he does, but we're going to worship him anyway. Right? That's not us. We know him. Right? He has set up this system that men and women, it has to be a human being made in his image in the earth, has to believe and speak his will in order for it to be done in the earth. That's why it took 4,000 years for Jesus to come into the earth, right? God needed men and women to speak forth Jesus into the earth. That was the role of the Old Testament prophets. That's why there are three to 400 some prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament. Why? God needed men and women to speak forth his redemption into the earth so that he could put on flesh, wrap his son in flesh and come and redeem us, right? God set this system up. We better learn it instead of ignoring it or, or, or rejecting it as a false doctrine. It's the Bible, okay? It's time to know who we are and know who he is. And it's time to reign in this earth. The earth has been waiting for you to take your place. The earth has been waiting for you to stand up as a son and daughter of God and declare who you are and take authority over the dark things of this world. Hallelujah. So we saw that the first Adam, the first man that God made, rejected God. And he rejected God's way of doing things. He, he, he decided to put his faith in Satan. He believed the lies that he was being told. That God was keeping something from him. That God was somehow perverted and didn't want Adam to be successful. Have you ever heard anything like that? Right? That God is, maybe has some hidden agenda or maybe he has some divine purpose in that sickness. He has no purpose in sickness. It's not from him, never has been, never will be. Amen. Right? Satan will tell you all kinds of things and far too many believers have believed him. So God told, told Adam, he gave him everything. He gave him authority over all his creation. But he told him there is this one tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat it for in the day you eat of it you'll surely die. In the Hebrew, you'll die, die, physically and spiritually, right? Adam chose, he said, well, God's lying to me, basically, right? He's trying to keep something from me. I'm going to believe in Satan. And when he did that, death entered the human race, and the curse of sin came upon the earth. So in order for that to be fixed, a human being, a man, had to pay the price for Adam's sin. But he had to be a perfect man. It had to be a perfect sacrifice, all right? So only Jesus could do that. That is why God had to send his son into the earth, to pay the price for Adam's sin. Eve couldn't pay the price. Their sons couldn't pay the price. We needed a perfect sacrifice, right? And it took 4,000 years for Jesus to come into the earth, but he came, and we're redeemed now through simple faith. Jesus is your perfect sacrifice. Isn't that wonderful? So no matter who you are, where you're from, what you've done, you can come to God day or night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week without shame and receive whatever grace you need in your life. All right. 
Now, let's get into the role of the Holy Spirit in our family tree. All right? What the, what, who is the Holy Spirit and, and what is his role in this family, in our family tree? Well, let's start with John chapter 4, verse 24. And, and uh, I've shared with you before, you know, I, I have kind of plans. I think, boy, I'd like to teach on this topic for so many weeks. and this and, But as I pray in the Spirit, I, I believe I get direction from the Lord to minister on certain things. So what I, what I, the direction I'm feeling is we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today, His role in our family. Next Sunday, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then the following Sunday, a Spirit-led life. Not a purpose-driven life, a Spirit-led life. There's a difference. We want to live a Spirit-led life. Okay? All right, so let's talk about the role of the Holy Spirit. John 4, 24, Jesus, God in the flesh, is talking. He says, God is Spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, in John 17, 17, Jesus said, Thy word is truth. So what He's saying, if you want to know God, you, you need the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Worship Him in spirit and truth. So to truly know God intimately, I must know Him spirit to spirit. Okay? Now it's interesting. For generations, I say Western Christianity from Western Europe over this way, has made talking about spirits or talking about the Holy Spirit uncommon. But if you'll notice, if you'll listen to other philosophies and cults, they'll talk about spiritual things without shame. In fact, people are going to spiritists and, and fortune tellers and mediums because they want answers for their life. The reason they're going there is because they don't, they don't realize Jesus is the answer and that the Holy Spirit is real. When you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you won't be looking to read your, your uh, horoscope anymore. Correct. See, a horoscope is a prophecy over your life, not by God. It's a dark prophecy. It might, it might sound good, but we don't want to give anyone access to our future but Jesus. So no one can speak anything over my life if it doesn't agree with my Father. All right? We need to wake up to the reality of God's goodness in our lives. So the Holy Spirit is real, and we need to talk about Him. It's not hocus-pocus. It's, it's not weird. He's, he's the person of God. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay? We should be experts in spiritual things. Experts. Experts. Masters. Doctors. Right? And spiritual things. Because we have the Holy Spirit. Right? So you can try and know God based only upon your intellect. But it'll fall short. You can try and know God only based upon your physical self, your body. It'll fall short. If you want to experience the life and power that only He can bring, you've got to know Him spirit to spirit. And you are a spirit. Okay? We should know that you are a spirit and you're living in a physical body, right? And you have a soul, but your soul and spirit aren't the same, remember? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. They're tools that are connected to your spirit, but that's not who you are, okay? 
So you are a spirit, and the Holy Spirit has a role in our family. What is that? To fill us with God's presence. God's presence. The same presence that's on the throne in heaven. It's time to be filled with the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is the person of God who is His active agent in the earth right now and in us right now. Just like back in Genesis 1, He was hovering over the waters waiting for the Word of God to speak. It's the same today. He's listening. He's waiting for a human being to believe and speak God's promises into the earth and He goes to work. He's the active agent of God in the earth. Let's look at this in Romans chapter, oh, let's see. Let's go to Ephesians 2 first. I'm getting so excited, I'm jumping ahead here. So I'm sorry, Philippians 2. Philippians 2. The Holy Spirit is the active agent of God in the earth and inside of us. If you put your faith in Christ, right? If you put your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit is where now? In you. And what's he doing in there? Watching TV? No, he's working. Look at Philippians 2.13. In the Amplified. Not in your own strength, for it is God. This is the Holy Spirit it's talking about. For it is God who is all the while, night and day, 24-7, effectually at work in you. Energizing. Ah. And creating in you the power. He's a powerhouse in you. Energizing and creating in you that he's doing it right now. Receive it. Come on, receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your body right now. Energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. It is the Holy Spirit's desire and role in our family to manifest the will of God the Father in the earth. But he needs us to speak it. That's his role. He's roaming the earth, looking for men and women who believe it and speak it. And man, when he hears that, poo, he goes to work. It is the Holy Spirit's desire to unveil Christ to us. So that we would see Christ as He is. That we would realize how much He loves us and how good He is. It's the Holy Spirit's desire to fill us with the life of God and the fire of God. It's time to be full of fire. Heaven fire. Throne of God fire. This is not weird. It's not kooky. It's Jesus. He's a fire. He's a consuming fire. It's the Holy Spirit's desire to lead us into all truth and to clothe us with power from on high. That's His role in our family. We doing okay? You ready to go home burning up? Hot and full of fire? The sprinkler system will go off when you step in to the room. 
So you're a vessel made in the image of God to be filled with the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8. Now let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 8. Oh, this is so good. You, you don't have your religious goggles on, do you? How about those religious earbuds? You took them out, right? Don't even put them back on now. Right? We, we just may as well leave them off. We're talking about Holy Spirit. This is real. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a, uh, what do you call those fake stories? Yeah, it's not one of those. A myth. There you go. Romans 8.11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead. He's the agent. It was the Holy Spirit that destroyed death and hell. If that same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Come on, grab a hold of this. He who raised, who's He? God the Father, who raised God the Son from the dead will also give life to your mortal. This is your mortal body. We don't have mortal bodies in heaven. Now is the time to receive the resurrection power of Christ, the life of God in your mortal body. This is for now, not heaven. We'll also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you now. Fire. Healing, consuming, redeeming, powerful, cleansing fire. I like how the message says it. Verse 11. It stands to reason. Boy, I'm getting hot. Hallelujah. It stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus, he's alive and present. Hallelujah. I can't serve a statue. I don't need a stained glass window. I need an alive and present God who knows me and who loves me 24-7. The alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life. He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does. And he does. God lives and breathes in you if you've put your faith in Christ. And he does as surely as he did in Jesus. Is that blasphemy? That's the gospel. The same Spirit in Christ raising the dead and making the lame walk is in you now. It's time to know Him as He is. Free from the filters of man's religious theology. You are delivered from that dead life. Woo, if you're happy and you know it, leave your hands. Yeah. With His Spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. That's right now. Man, sickness cannot stay in you if you realize this. The power of God's Spirit is in my body. What sickness is stronger than that? 
There is none. Hallelujah. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Hallelujah. I mean, you, I'm telling you, you're going to you're gonna have to shake off. So I, we, we, the lid's going to pop off here in about a minute. I don't know what's going to happen. Jesus. Woo. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm telling you, in Acts, they were crazy. People who were not saved looked at them, and the only conclusion they could come to is they're drunk. It's in the Bible. This is a spirit. Man, my spirit's been united with God. What do you want me to do? Sit still? Woo! Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. I also pray that you will understand. Amen. The incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. You got to believe. Who believe him. This is the same Mighty power, verse 20, that raised Christ from the dead. Are you kidding me? No. And seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. This is the role of the Holy Spirit in our family. Now listen, you were made by God. And because you were made by him, nothing less than the Holy Spirit will do for you. Amen. Nothing less. Amen. It won't. There are things that might temporarily thrill you, but they'll fade fast. And when that thrill fades, you'll be emptier than you were before you had it. Look at John 16, 7. Wow, this is so good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your amazing love. Yes, Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 I just want to make sure I'm not going too fast here. Okay. Calm down, Joe. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> John 16, 7. I'm all right. I'm all right. It's a line from It's a Wonderful Life when Uncle Billy... Falls on the sidewalk. Who's yeah, who's drunk, by the way. See? Yeah. <laughs> you guys know that movie? It's a wonderful life. I'm all right. I'm all right. John 16, 7. Jesus is talking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Nothing less than the Holy Spirit will do for you. It is to your advantage that I go away. In other words, it's better for you now to be here in 2017 filled with God's Spirit than it would be for you to walking with Jesus in the flesh next to you. Don't ever think, boy, I wish I was one of those disciples back in the Gospels. No. They didn't have what you have. They got it after he rose, but they didn't have it at that time. It is to your advantage. What's advantage mean? It means a favorable, superior position. It's an opportunity that brings benefits and profit. Right? You're going to be in a favorable, superior position after I go away. You're, the, the, my, the Holy Spirit's going to bring you benefits and profits that I can't give you. 
For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. Let's read that in the Amplified. The Comforter. He's the Counselor of the Holy Spirit. This is His role in our family. He comforts us. He counsels us. He's our helper. He's our advocate. He's our intercessor. He's our strengthener. He's our standby. He will not come to you, look at this, into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send them to you to be in close fellowship with you. You were made by God and you were made to live in close fellowship with His Spirit. You are made to live every day on earth in union with God. And you'll never be satisfied until you begin that relationship. Your body's crying out for it. Your soul's crying out for it. Your spirit's crying out for it. And people try and, and quench or, or satisfy that need with other things. It doesn't work. You are made to be filled with God. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. All right, let's pause for the cause right here. So God is good, right? And He made us in His image. So what does that mean? You're good. Oh, can you say that in church? I mean, have you ever been to a church where you come and you leave feeling like, boy, I'm just terrible? Whoa, what a loser I am. God will never love me. God made us in His image. God is good, so what are we? I'm not saying we haven't fallen. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, right? We were sinners, right? But Jesus uh, paid the price for us, so now we're the righteousness of God in Christ. But let me say this to you. If you ever notice in Genesis, if you go back to one, we're not going to read it for time's sake. <coughs> On the five days when God was restoring the earth, day one, there's a statement that happens over and over again. It says, and God saw that it was good. End of day one. Yes. Day two. And God saw that it was good. Yes. End of day two. Yes. And God saw that it was good. End of day three. Yes. And God saw that it was good. End of day four. Yes. And God saw that it was good. End of day five. But he didn't see that at the end of day six. He said something different. At the end of day six, what happened on day six? You showed up, right? Yeah. God made man in his image. And you know what it says then? It said, God saw all that He had made and it was very good. God made you very good. You know what that Hebrew word very means? Exceedingly good. Greatly good. Mighty good. I'm mighty good. You're not just good. You're mighty good. Because you're made by a mighty good God. Right? It's good to know this, who we're made by. Right? That we were made by God who is good. And it's good to know that we didn't make ourselves. Really? You didn't make me. I didn't make you. We didn't make each other. Right? It's just good to know this because it's been forgotten. Somehow man's got the idea that we created ourselves. That we, that we kind of implemented all this stuff. But God really is the creator. 
Do you know that all creative gifts come from Him? Every single one of them. Uh, Whether it's music, art, computers, medicine, any creative gift, it's from Him. Right? Now, that doesn't mean the person that has it is using it for Him. But God is not a stinker. He's not. He doesn't give like the world gives. He gives you a creative gift. He'll never take it back no matter what you do with it. That's how He is. He's just love. I'll give you this gift. I'm not going to snap, you know, grab it back because you used it for the wrong reasons. So if I see someone with a creative gift, really God should get the glory for that, right? And they should be giving God the glory for the gifts they have. And someone's creative gift does not validate their beliefs. Right? So just because someone has platinum records doesn't mean what they believe is true. Because we didn't make ourselves. I'm not putting anyone down. I'm just talking, we're all included in this, okay? So what I believe as a created being doesn't determine what's true. We okay? I don't create truth. What I believe doesn't create truth. But what I believe does determine how much truth I personally experience. Because God is truth all by himself. All right? I can believe that he's a, you know, a bullfrog, but that doesn't mean that he is. But if that's my belief, that's what I'm going to think he is, and I'm going to look at bullfrogs differently. I'm going to treat them as gods. This happens in the world. It's going on right now, all right? We're talking about God who made you and the spirit who wants to live inside of you, all right? Well, let's look at a couple of scriptures on this. This is really good. This will help. James chapter 1. Verse 16, you are God's masterpiece. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We were made by him. James 1, 16, look at this. Do not be deceived. What does deceived mean? To believe something is not true, right? Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from who? Creative people? No. From God. Good music's from God. Good entertainment's from God. Good creative works, right? Good solutions to problems are from God. Right? Good curriculum is from God. Right? Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. Look at verse 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. I like how the New Living Translation says verse 18. Let's look at that. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we out of all creation became his prized possession. Look at the New Century Version. God decided to give us life through the word of truth so we might be the most important of all the things he made. Don't look down on yourself. You're not a loser. You're a champion. Made by God, more than a conqueror. The Living Bible says this, and it was a happy day. 
with happy pants, right, right? And it was a happy day for him when he gave us our new lives. A happy day for God? Man, I love that. He's happy when you're happy. <laughs> oh, I love being happy. When he gave us our new lives through the truth. It was when he gave us our new lives through the truth of his word, and we became, as it were, the first children in his new family. Isn't that good? So we're made by God, which means we have a divine purpose that's greater than ourselves, right? We're just going to stay here for a little bit. Bear with me. If you want to know who you really are, where do you go? Now, I mean, this has become very popular in the last 30, 40 years. You'll hear people say, I, I don't know who I am. Yeah. But that's real. They don't. <laughs> Where are you going to go to find out? I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen this little amp up here, but it, how are you going to learn to operate this thing? Well, there's a manual that comes with it from the manufacturer. Right? I've got to go to the one who made me if I want to know who I am and what I'm for. Right? Man doesn't know who you are. Counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists, guidance counselors, physicians, they don't know who you really are. Teachers, I'm not putting anyone down. I'm just saying man doesn't know you. Why? Because man didn't make you. And man's solutions can't fix you. It's time to go to the manufacturer and get fixed. Amen. You're God's masterpiece. Boy, it takes all the pressure off when you learn who you are direct straight from Him. Don't let anyone label you and tell you you are something that God has not purposed you to be. And boy, is that happening. Talk show hosts don't know who you are. Not slamming anybody, but Oprah or Ellen, they don't know who you are, or Dr. Phil. They don't. They have no idea. They have no clue because they didn't make you. It's time to learn who you are from the one who made you, Ephesians 2.10. Yeah. Knowing him takes all the pressure off. People will try and press you to be something you're not. Just be who God made you to be. We're human beings, right? Not human doings. God is I am, not I do, right? We're made in His image. Ephesians 2.10 For we, this is the Amplified, for we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. He made us. Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, and the Holy Spirit will reveal those paths to you. That's what He does. Amen. That's His role. Amen. To show you God's plan for your life. 
and they're good. How do I know? Let's keep reading. That we should walk in them, living the defeated life. That, oh, I'm sorry. Living the good life which He prearranged. He in His sovereignty decided for you to live a good life. In His sovereignty, He sent His Son Jesus so you could live life abundantly. Prearranged and made ready for you to live. God has already prepared a good life for you. All you have to do is spend time with Him and let the Holy Spirit show you who you really are. And then just be that. Just be it. Like an apple on a tree. Just be. Right? Apples don't struggle to grow. Why? Because that's what they were made to do. When you realize who you are, it takes the struggle and stress out of your life. In the New Living Translation, same verse. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. So who's a masterpiece? You are. Masterpieces are treated differently than regular pieces, right? What gives a masterpiece its value? The master who made it. So let's pretend I had an original Picasso out here, up here, right? And then next to that, I put a painting that I did yesterday. <laughs> what do you think the discrepancy in value would be? Hmm? Couple bucks, probably, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you know, Picassos have sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. I've never even painted a picture, right? I couldn't sell one. Well, maybe I could. I don't know. Why? Because I'm not a master painter. He was, right? Well, God made you. So what are you worth? Don't cheapen yourself. And don't let other people cheapen you. Learn who you are. Don't go through another day without an intimate conversation with the one who made you. It's time to know who you are. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He fills us with God's presence and He reveals who He is and who we are in Him. Hallelujah. God made you and nothing less than His Spirit will do for you. You know, it's interesting. Have you ever seen a, 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 a spirit shop? Wine and spirits? What's in there? Alcohol. alcohol. Yeah, alcohol is referred to spirits. Why is that? You ever wonder what, where that came from? I've never Googled it. But there's a lot of truth to that. And, and I, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't drink alcohol. But it's interesting to note, there is a, a doorway that can be open to your life when you fill yourself with things other than the Holy Spirit. Spirits get involved. We're doing okay. I'm kind of, we're, 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 we're going all right. Look at this. Now, this is good. This is good. Listen, I want you to be drunk. I want you to get drunk every day. I do. Woo, the doors are going to fill up now. <laughs> this place is going to be full next week. Cake party, high wage <laughs> But I want you to get drunk on the Holy Spirit. I'm serious. Intoxicated. 
And you know, you can, you can, you can drink and drive with the Holy Ghost. He doesn't take away your ability to think. It sharpens. You become more powerful. Look at Ephesians chapter. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He makes us drunk. Woo! We're talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in our family. He brings the wine. It's the wine of God's presence. Woo! You know how like you have that relative that always brings the wine with the Holy Spirit. That's him. <laughs> oh, good old uncle. Uh, Uncle Martin. I, okay, Ephesians 5.18. Look at this. This is good. And Holman Christian Standard Bible says, And don't get drunk with wine. Why? It leads to reckless actions. <laughs> it does. Okay? So I don't, I don't want any reckless actions in my life. I don't want to make a decision that I can't fix. Right? So it leads to reckless actions. But what's the option? Because we do want to be filled. Yes, we, do. we do have that desire, and it's a good desire. So what is the answer to that desire to be filled? Be filled by the Spirit. Amen. Try it, man. Drink Him. Drink Him. Look at the Weymouth translation of verse 19 in Ephesians chapter 5. But drink deeply of God's Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and offer praise in your hearts to the Lord. This is how you fill yourself up. You believe God's word and you speak it, you sing it, you shout it, you fill your heart with it, you fill your mind with it, and the Holy Spirit starts to fill you. Fill yourself up with the Spirit. So I want you to know when I read the Bible, I'm reading it to get drunk. When I spend time with the Lord each day, I'm doing it because I want to get drunk with His presence. I need Him more than anything. Verse 18 in the message says this. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. I just love the Bible. It's straight shooting, man. Now remember, you're a masterpiece. You, what would happen if I took that masterpiece and decided I wanted to add some of my special touches to it? Like, oh boy, I don't know. I think that mustache is a little crooked to the Picasso. Guess what happened to the value? Right? Don't cheapen your life. Fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge draughts of Him. Woo! I love that. You can't drink too much, Holy Spirit. You can't. It just brings more life, more joy, more peace, more strength, more self-control. That's the opposite of what alcohol does, right? Alcohol takes away your inhibitions. The Holy Spirit gives you strength. John 16, 7. Back to John 16, 7. Jesus said it would be to your advantage that I go away, remember? Wow, hallelujah. We doing okay? Can we go a little more? John 16, 7. He said, however, I'm telling you nothing. This is the amplified, but the truth. When I say it is profitable, it is good. The Holy Spirit is profitable. It is good. He is expedient. He is advantageous for you. 
that I go away, because if I do not go away, the Comforter, the Counselor, your Helper, your Advocate, your Intercessor, your Strengthener, your Standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send Him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Well, guess what? He went away. Right? Jesus went. He descended into hell. He rose from the dead. He appeared to his disciples for 40 days. And, and then the disciples waited, and the Holy Spirit has come. And he's here right now. Hallelujah. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.